Are you not having the success you want with your direct bookings? Perhaps you are tired of feeling like you are out of your depth and wish there was an easier way. Well, I've got an exclusive free training coming up that just might help. Join me on April 4th when I will share the top three mistakes that I consistently see vacation and short-term rental property managers make in their desire for direct bookings that could be costing you major profits. I will also be sharing my top tips in building your own direct booking sales engine that will bring in those direct bookings while you sleep. Come and join in the fun. Head to my website, directbookingsuccess.com, and click on the free training button to join me on April 4th, because you deserve your own direct booking success. You are listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast, bringing you all the information you need for your short-term rental to stand out from the crowd. I'm your host, Jen Boyles. As an owner and manager myself, I know how hard it can be to navigate the hospitality industry. I'm here to help, so you too can have direct booking success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Direct Booking Success Podcast. I'm Jen Boyles, your host, and today I have with me Table Masson. Table is the founder of Rental Scala and the head of product marketing for Price Labs. One welcome, Table. It's so nice to have you here with me today. Jen, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and hello everyone. Right. Now, I really want to hear about how you got into the hospitality industry. We were talking a minute ago and saying how we find it so interesting to find out how people sort of fell into, you know, vacation rentals, short-term rentals. It never seems to be something where you've grown up and said, I really want to rent out a villa or rent out an apartment. So can you tell me how that happened? Let's go back to the beginning. How did this sort of start with you? Sure. So when I was in my 80s, in my 20s with my ex, we visited a small French island in the Caribbean. Very nice, beautiful island. And you had these very nice villas on this island. And we're like, oh, that's, that's so cool. That's so nice. And we're like, let's, let's do some villa, villa hopping, villa shopping. So basically we talk with you know, a local property manager and said, oh, we'd like to visit some villas. Let, let's pretend we could even stay there. So that's how, you know, we visited a few villas and actually we talked with the, the property manager and he's like, you know what? It's not hard to own one of these villas. And at the time we, we live in Paris, you couldn't even afford our own apartment in Paris. And I was right. I mean, <laughs> some time ago. and he's like, yeah, but you know, on the islands, all the banks know what a vacation rental is. They know it's a villa. If it's an existing villa, it has bookings probably for the next year already in the books. So you go get your loan, apply for the loan. You're probably going to get it because with the value of the house in the upcoming bookings, the banks will lend you the money. I'm like, that's not possible. St. Bart's is St. Barthélemy's French island. So as we were, we are French citizens, it was easy for us to, you know, get a loan, mm-hmm. apply for a loan and, you know, prove that with our French salaries back home in France, we could be able to pay back for this. And, but what was very interesting to us is that St. Bart's is an island where 70% of the guests, people coming to the island, will be staying in a villa. It's a villa island. People, basically everybody lives from the villa business. So banks know this model really, really well. And again, right, disclo- again, disclaimer, that was 20, 
25 years ago, right? <laughs> so still like a you know, small family and people knew you a bit. It, it was fine. So that's how we had this villa. And of course, at the time we were working in, in France, so mainland France, pretty far away. So we gave the villa to a guest rental manager who handled the bookings. So that's how we basically got to know about it. So I was not yet into direct bookings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tell you a story a bit later if you want, but yeah. that's, that's, we got started into this. So, you know, getting to know what it's like to maybe, you know, live having a house, but making sure things are not too personal and having the, the corner for yourself. So that's a few of you, if you have your own vacation rental that's open to guests that, you know, you may know this dance where you have to, you know, at the end of your stay, pack everything and make them sure it's safe and it's not too much in the way of the guests. Yeah, it was very interesting. So I think the first lesson I learned there, by the way, uh, that came in handy was to trust my villa manager, basically the mm-hmm. person you know, who, her name was Sandra and, her, and she would be the cleaner, right? Let's say she started as a cleaner, but really to me, she was a villa manager because she was the face of the business. She would welcome the guests, even though obviously there's a villa agency, the day she would come every day to clean, mm-hmm. right? That's expectations on the island that you, the place will be clean every day. So she'll be the face, my face in a way, right? And, you know, people will leave notes in a guest book thanking us for the hospitality and mentioning Sandra all the time. So being able to trust her is very important and delegating, right? It's like, I'm too far away to make any old decisions. So yeah. you know, quickly decided, you know what, something happens, something breaks, it's under $200. You go and buy the new, I know, new coffee machine. You, you to solve the issue, you don't depend on us. We trust you, of course, give us the invoice later, but that's not. So that was my first lesson of, on remote hosting is, is the finding the right person and, yes. and creating. Yes, definitely. Having that right person on the ground. I get that down. I uh, haven't actually calculated the distance, but now that I'm in Canada, my business is in England, I couldn't do it without that person, you know, or people on the ground dealing with issues, you know, yeah. You have to have the right people on the ground, don't you? Yeah, that's correct. And that's, again, even if you're going to get start your way to dark booking, that was the first lesson again, right? It's like how to have a team or trust or, or, or making decisions or processes like this $200 threshold. That's, that's a process in itself. You know, like yeah. some points, somebody makes a decision about the threshold, somebody else, but that's really how we kind of started thinking, you know, why we have a say about the business and how it runs. Yeah, I think that's really great. And it sounds so cool to have an island that's sort of built on vacation rentals. Is that the same today at St. Bart's? Yeah, it's, it's the same today. The island is very small. I mean, I'm so bad at miles, f- forgive me, but it's like 25 square kilometers. So it's, it's tiny, it's tiny, right? You can you just you just take your car and you go around it in less than half an hour. It's very tiny, very tiny. Right. And like 15 minutes if you just go across. <laughs> It's tiny and there's not much room for hotels. So the biggest hotels had 70 bedrooms, 70 bedrooms. That's the best. It's big for the island. Mm-hmm. So really, really, it's about houses, about villas. Some people come and stay on their yachts, but that's not the market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's very much like it is. It, what's interesting as well, that's going to be one of the points I will have as well, is that you have to know your market. For example, you know, I talk sometimes in your, in your location where you are in your market, you have a... a a local authorities or a destination marketing organization that compiles data. Right in that case, that's where they could tell me seventy percent of the guests stay in a villa. That's that's an actual number I got from them. 
Same thing, right? From them, I, I knew that a third of the people will come back next year. So marketing to people in that sense makes sense. If you talk about that, mm-hmm. that book, all right. In our, in, our, in our case, we we do work on this because we know that some people will come back. So it makes sense to make an effort because some people will come back. Also makes sense to even market to people who are on the island, even if not staying with us, because again, a third of them will, will come, come back, back next year. Yeah. Why not stay with us, yes. right? Part of our strategy. So again, so that's where I got so interested in data because I saw like, oh, if I understand with data, I understand better in the market. I can also better understand the persona, who's staying with us. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started reading really well the guest book, for example. And the guest book was in very interesting. It's it's kind of expensive, sandbox, right? It's no no secret, right? But reading the guest book, I found it so so you have like a third of people come come back year after year, right? And then year after year, people will describe their, their twins growing up and about their life and even so know, we even know back in the guest book. That was, again, that was some years ago, people tend not to write as much in the guest books anymore, which mm-hmm. is a bit. You had these memories and people would read, reread their own memories. It was interesting. But then I was also reading that a lot of people were coming to celebrate an event. Oh, it's our 20, 25th anniversary. It's my wife's 60th birthday. And I'm like, okay, so that really helped me understand that people come for, to celebrate an event. So when we had our own website, for example, I really made sure that uh, to position the house as a place where you create memories, lifelong memories for special people, special occasions. So reading the guest book really helped us understand who we're talking to, who we're catering, what we're looking for. If you want to create memories, so let's make sure that everything we say, it's about memories because it may be a hefty price people have to, to pay to stay on the island, but it's a great occasion. So it makes they need to make sure that whatever event they're going to have there, celebration, we're going to be there to make it the best possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you still have the place on St. Bart's? Yes, yes. Oh, great. And so the piece of land we had was big enough so that we could build a small villa on another villa, like a one bedroom, which enabled us basically to stay on the island while we had guests on the bigger one. So I actually lived for the island for three years. At oh, some wow. point, my business in France and lived on the island for three years. So I still go there on, on and off, by the way. And and so having a second villa, and then then also really got me to think, maybe I should get start getting my own bookings. Especially us, as we were doing this, we had friends who were building their own villa in Bali, in Indonesia. And they invited us over. And I'm like, not even sure where Indonesia is. I was like, mm, close to Vietnam. I, I didn't yeah. know where it was. And I went there and I, and I was like blown away. It was so beautiful. And we're like, wow, there's a piece of land for sale next to them. Why don't we just step into their shoes and get their architect, get the notary and everything. It's going to get this done. It's so much cheaper than St. Bart's to build. Uh, we did this, of course, it took us three years because yeah. we changed architects, we, we had issues with notary. Any, anyway, after three years, we had this. And after three years, we had this beautiful villa. So it's a black sand beach, uh, rolling rice fields, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And now we're in Seminyak, so the busy area in, in Bali. And I go to a property manager thinking, I'm going to do the same as St. Bart's. I'm going to give it to yeah. somebody. Somebody will take care of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I look at the photos, like, place love it but no thank you we're not going to take your property and like why they say well you are an hour and a half away so something happens to the villa we have to send an employee of our vacation rental company 
it's going to take one hour and a half to go there, solve the issue and come back. That's three mm-hmm. hours. These three hours, we can't afford to do that. It's just too complicated. And I'm like, wow, what do I do now? Because I do have a loan to pay back. I need those bookings. Yeah. Oh, I developed this whole direct booking strategy. And I started doing this and I started learning from others and listening to podcasts. You should always listen to podcasts, <laughs> asking advice, asking for advice to people who knew mm-hmm. and I blogging about it. I started just blogging about my experience. That's, you know, on getting on the home away at the time, no verbal, listing on Airbnb, listing on booking.com. And I was just, I was asking advice to, to people and I was blogging about it. That's how I got started with getting direct bookings and writing about writing about the industry, basically. Mm-hmm. And I guess you had your experience from St. Barks, so you would have gotten really good people on the ground that you could rely on. Did you have somebody local? Exactly. Right? As I said, I, I mean, in a way, having our, our first villa with a property manager helped us, you know, we, we didn't have to take care of the marketing, but at least understanding that on the ground people, that was a lesson. So in Bali, we have six people, right? Six staff, because we're far away. So we need, for example, to have a cook. It's just, there's no, there are just no, not, I mean, not enough, rest, not many restaurants around. No, okay. Cleaners, a cook, there's somebody to take care of the pool, of the gardens. Again, sounds super fancy, but you know, it's not the same cost as, 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 as Bali, uh, Bali as uh, other places. So, yeah. and again, it's also expected from people yeah. Bali. It's expected. It's like, it's not like I have a choice. So yes, we have staff. And again, the key here is that the, the manager, again, the manager is key. And this guy was the chauffeur, the driver at my friend's villa. And we noticed him like, this guy is sharp. Yeah. And just like eight in our villa in St. Bart, turned into a great villa manager. This guy was a chauffeur, a driver. He became amazing in villa manager. And I, that's something I like is that you can give opportunities to people to grow and it, it's, it, it pays back. So it takes some years, you have to train people and then create trust and can let go more and more, of course. But it's, it's really fantastic because he's really the, He's the manager there. He solves everything. And he still drives people around from time to time, which is great. <laughs> well, he's the local expert, isn't he? You know? Yes, he is. He is. Yeah. I know in, in, in Bali, we have staff from villages, but they all come from different villages. Because in Bali, religion is very important, right? So whenever there's a ceremony in a village, everyone has to, must attend. You don't have a choice. So, so if all yeah. your staff were coming from the same village, you would have no one on tea days, like it, like several times a year. So, anyways, things again. You have to know your market. You have to know the locals, and that's things you can only know if you talk to people and respect the way they they are, the way they they work, and the religion, for example, and traditions. And then this way you can have you can have your business running well. So, yeah. And do you still spend time in both these places? So it's a great question. So Sandbox, yeah, because that's really it's my second home. And just COVID made it a bit more difficult to come back. I still managed to come back. And then we had two kids. We have two kids now. So I made it so we stayed a bit more in the Netherlands because we are a French-Dutch couple. But we stayed now, we stayed a bit more in the Netherlands. But we do come back to Bali a little bit less. Bali basically was closed to foreigners for two years. Wow. So, so we're just talking about, you know, Maybe people are dreaming about owning a place somewhere far, think that there are different laws and mm-hmm. different regulations, such as because of COVID, they just closed the borders for more than two years. And you're so, a foreigner, so you won't have the same rights as everyone else. Yeah, I could have come back with a work visa because mm-hmm. I had a property there for a good mm-hmm. reason. But again, so 
uh, and it was again a good time to think what what the priorities are. We we, for example, managed to pay the salaries of all our staff because we knew when things would start again. And we were so far away, right? Disbanding the team didn't would not not make, make business sense because how could we create the team? Because if we are disbanding the team, they may not, may not find jobs elsewhere, far away from our place, and it would be completely catastrophe. Not only would I be not nice to them, not having no revenues during COVID, but on top of this, it made no business sense. So we did this, and there were people actually you know, spending the, the, the COVID time within Bali. Some people were in Bali. You could not come in, but you could stay. So some people right. just stayed in Bali for quite some time. So a lot of, a lot of Russians, for example, in Bali. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds fascinating too, especially that it was closed for two years. Like, hopefully we never go through a pandemic like we've gone through again, you know, touch wood. But wow, that's quite, it's quite the story. I'm glad you kept your team together and that the country's back open. That's great. So tell me how so you've got two villas in completely different places, both tropical, you know, there is still a tropical theme there. But do you have, like, is there an overarching theme or, sorry, a brand, overarching brand for both of them? Or are they, are you marketing them separately? How are you going about that? That's a great question. So they are marketed separately, but the strategy is the same in a mm-hmm. sense that for St. Bart's, I have a website called stbart.com, which is the French spelling for the island, basically. And it's a destination guide by the island. Same thing for Bali. I have real, realbali.com. Uh, realbody.com is a destination guide about Bali. So for each of them, the idea was like, you know what, to get bookings, we're going to have to compete with the, with the big players. So to differentiate ourselves, we need to look like local insiders, people who have stuff exactly. about this nation, right? So yeah. I mean, it's, it makes sense, right? The, how can you do otherwise? And so the whole strategy for us, for both on both sides, is to uh, talk about the islands, talk about the lives there and give tips. And say, and we have a new, I have a new newsletter, and it's newsletter written by me, and people see my face. For example, it's a welcome video when they sign up to the newsletter, and of course, at some point, they say, "Hey, by the way, I am a local insider because I have a villa there, and feel free to stay." Mm-hmm. You know, site, there's the blog, and there's a page where you can see the villa, and you have a booking kind that's updated and it's up to date. You can book directly on the website, and that's it. So suddenly, it makes sense because. I give value and I create trust because I look like I know what I'm talking about. For example, COVID. I talked about COVID. You could see, funny enough, a lot of vacation rental managers from the islands were not talking about that. Really? Yeah, let's talk. I'm like, I was giving an update every month, the number of cases, is it red, orange, whatever the color was, if you're traveling from there, from the US for Sinbad, for example, because that's the actual information people want to know. Can Mm -hmm. you to your island? What do I need? What kind of vaccines? What kind of, what do I need? And that was crucial. And we got so much traffic because of that. And again, you're creating trust or sometimes, you know, there's shortage of water shortage on the island. It's an island. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's water shortage. We talk about that. I may be counterintuitive because you're like, why are you talking about the problems? But again, it makes you like, no, this guy's talking about what's really happening. So he knows his thing. And Apparently, I guess when he's going to be talking about his villa, he's going to also going to be transparent, right? So yeah, I'll hope going to do. And mm-hmm. also, that's why people would read a newsletter every month because if I'm just talking about my villa, how wonderful it is, it is like a boring, boring, 
yeah. <laughs> I find it fantastic, but I'm sure people would, would right? So, yeah, yeah. And so something I realized for St. Bart's, for example, so we opened an Instagram account for St. Bart's. And first I got it wrong. At first I thought we should be talking about, oh, discover the island. And that's why it's like to go to St. Bart's. That was a mistake. Uh-huh. People who are followers of that account, that Bart's Instagram account, are people who love the island. Uh-huh. Uh, we noticed that because we did like stories and surveys, like, what is your favorite place? And, like, and what's your favorite restaurant? And we had like 120 answers. It was like, why people just like, so like, want to talk about this? We're like, must mean they know the place. And so we're like, huh. So it made us discover and switch a bit the, the focus. That's, that's, the, that's the, the account for people who love the island. And again, it's great because it means that they would care about what's new, what's happening, and they want to share, you know, uh, I'm an insider, but they want to show that they are also insiders. Well, they also been there or they know some stuff and, sh- and show to others that they knew a few things. So we opened a Facebook group for St. Bars. People share their own tips. Uh, same thing on Instagram. So we really decide, realized that it should not be just about me talking, but also, for example, asking questions on Instagram and sharing the answers as a blog post. Hey, that's 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 the places people recommend for a romantic stay in St. Bart's as as shared by our followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So it's even more interesting for people reading a newsletter because you get different viewpoints or recommendations from others. So that was, again, that was interesting, but it, it means listening to people, trying a few things and trying to see mm, what's really working and maybe pivoting at some point to target better your, your audience. Yeah. No, I love that because we always talk about the trust and also, you know, becoming that local expert. Because people aren't coming to necessarily stay with you. They're coming to explore the island, the area, and, and live like a local. Or, and then, then they look and say, okay, where do I want to stay? And then they stack up the, the different villas or apartments or whatever. So I think it's really great to hear that that's the strategy that you went with. You know, I think that's brilliant. And I'm going to put those websites in the show notes so we can go check them out and have a look and see what you're doing. Because... You know, you could have done it a lot differently. You could have done it just as beautiful pictures with no substance, you know, which there's some counts on Facebook or on Instagram that are like that. You know, it's just beautiful photos, but there's no, there's nothing really there to grab you or get you involved. Exactly. And again, uh I, I kind of know there's a summit coming where I will be talking more about Instagram marketing. That's right. And I'm right at your, your summit. And, but just to give a taste of that, indeed, right? It's what was interesting to us as well is that by, by being a, about a destination and having clearly an account about the destination, people starting tagging us when they stayed on the island. Brilliant. To them, I'm not saying they thought we're the official account of the island, but maybe, or at least a travel guide by the island. So... They were happy to tag us. They were like, oh, can we repost your great photo? And like happy. So suddenly we had like great content that people were happily sharing with us that we could and could show to others. That made our account look even more beautiful and useful because we had fresh content just as as given by people on the island right now. So as a remote host, that was very useful. But it is Mm -hmm. still useful. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that's great. And like you mentioned, you're coming to speak at the Direct Booking Success Summit, which is happening in October, and you're going to be speaking about Instagram. So we don't want to give too much away today. 
But I think your your nuggets there about being the destination guide and promoting what's local, you know, ticks the boxes, doesn't it? Of trust, something that we all grapple with, but also getting people that love that area. Exactly. And and, and during the the summit, I will talk a bit more on like, okay, it's great to have an Instagram account, but how does that turn into bookings? That's that's the key, right? That's what yes. would be. Yes. And I think a lot of people go, oh, Instagram and oh, now Reels and now Threads and now, you know, whatever is next around the corner. And they get jump on these bandwagons. They're not really looking at, okay, well, is this actually bringing me in bookings? Because at the end of the day, this is what they need and why they're there. So I think that's going to be really great. I can't wait to see your see your presentation on Instagram. Now, Let's switch the focus a bit because you did mention that you started blogging about your your trials and you know of of creating this space. Was it when you were doing the Bali Villa that you started blogging about your exactly when when I wanted to learn how to do it? I was just like many documenting what I was doing and getting feedback from people. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm doing it. Stupid. Let me know. That's how it started out and. And I spent a couple of years in between Bali and St. Bart's. Basically, whenever it was low season on one of the islands, I would just move into the houses because, you know, better to oh, leave nice. revenues too. It was life changing in the sense that I, I went uh, and, for example, I went to speak at conferences, the VRMA, VRM, VRMA sorry, the big vacation rental mm-hmm. association at a conference in Europe. And I went and spoke about my own experience. And while there, because I was like, oh, I'm going to blog about it, maybe find other people who need some kind of consulting for me, I can help them do the same. And instead of finding clients in the room, there was somebody from Booking.com staying there. So Booking.com obviously is huge in Europe, a bit less in, in the US, but they're growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, it was like seven years ago. And they were like, mm, we want to compete with Airbnb because we suck at this this, this, and that. So they were like super honest. I yeah. love people can be very direct, as you may know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm like, oh, wow, that's a pretty thorough assessment. But I'm like, yes, you do. You're not good at that. They're like, yeah, but we'd love to bring people who know know the vacation rental industry a bit. We'll bring them in, join our team at the headquarters and help us tweak the tools, create new features and new marketing programs for the vacation rental industry. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And like, where are you based? I have no clue. And they're like, oh, Amsterdam, that's where the headquarters is. I'm like, oh, okay. So I moved to Amsterdam and I stayed there for five years. And But I was still blogging about the industry. Meanwhile, that's a deal I had with them. Like, I, I want to be able to talk about the industry mm-hmm. because that's what I'm known for. I left it two years ago. And I continued on blogging on rentalscaleup.com. So about, you know, talking about the strategy of the big actors, what's Airbnb up to, what's Booking.com up to. Because having worked within one of the big companies, I understand a bit better their strategy. Or well, you're an that- insider. Again, you're an insider. Hey, yeah. Exactly. It was really funny when I joined Booking.com. People were like, oh, you're, going, you're joining the, the dark, you know, dark yeah. side. <laughs> like... Like you're looking for Darth Vader, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, worst case, know thy enemy. And I could tell yeah. you, you know, what to do. And, and again, it's it was really interesting to me because, um, you know, having a direct booking strategy was important, but also seeing what, what the big platforms can do for you helped me really refine my direct booking strategy in the end because I'm like, you know what? Some things I can be good at, even better than them. Some of the stuff, like having a website in 42 languages, 
can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't do that. But my core market market, for example, US travelers from the East Coast for St. Bart's, yes, I know how to talk to them. Yeah. But other people who may be interested, Brazilians who want to go to St. Bart's, I can't write my content in, in Brazilian Portuguese. I, I, I can't take their payments. Let Booking.com do that. So it was very, very interesting. So I left Booking.com, restarted rental scale, uh, started doing consulting again, this time for tech companies. So really talking about the strategy for uh, about what are the big actors play, doing and why, right? It's like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, that's what's happening. It's why and it's what you should know and what you can do about it. Or talking about data as well. You know, market data, what are, what, what are the trends in the US? What are the trends in Europe? What does it mean? So you know, things are changing so much in COVID, things change and now things are going down. People are worried that data is very important, but sometimes... It's kind of hard to understand data or to read it properly or just to make sense of it because... Yeah, what does it mean? Yeah. We will give you a graph and some kind of explanation and like, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? So yeah. trying to, so I'm like, okay, let me try to uh, read that for you and share it with you. And that made me and, and, uh, work closer to Price Labs. So Price Labs is a dynamic pricing solution that's global. And talking with them, they were like, why don't you come join us? And I'm like, well, maybe, yeah, why not? And I realized that Rental Scale Up, now it's part of Price Labs. It was, it's been a year, actually. It's the anniversary now. It's, it's a great home for, Price Labs is a great home for Rental Scale Up because I love having access to data. And, and, and with Price Labs, I can just go in a tool, enter any market in the world and look at what's, you know, what's happening, how it's pacing. Okay, what's summer like in Austin, right? I'm like looking at data in Austin, Texas, for example, like, oh, wow. Occupancy is like 20% down, which is true compared with last summer. Okay. So markets are resilient. And really, it's really, I'm so, I'm a geek, right? <laughs> and that for <laughs> short-term rental data, I'm like, it's great because again, when I'm, then I'm, when I'm writing about trends, I actually have data to check what I'm saying and say, you know what, and to be able, and I'm also able, able to say, you know what, if you're talking about trends about the whole market or the whole country, that's good, but that's not always relevant because the US or Canada are big countries and what's happening one course on the other is not the same thing as the country in the mountains by the sea, Mm -hmm. so many different things. That's great. So now basically I rental scope is part of Price Labs and they give me a job. (laughs) I'm the the head of product marketing. So product marketing is basically doing what I did at booking.com, which is like, well, making sure that Price Labs understand vacation rental managers, vacation rental hosts really well develops features as talk to them and take these features to market and make sure people can can use these features well. So that's that's, mm-hmm. that's what, for example, launching. So, so let me see if I got this. So that blog that you started way back when, when you were dealing with building the villa in Bali, you started blogging, and then that took you to speaking at VRMA in Europe and into booking.com, continued the blogging, and this turned into rental scale up. And then that has now brought you to Price Labs. Correct. Wow. That is quite the journey. <laughs> and always in vacation rentals, right? I mm-hmm. love it. And, it's, uh, and to me, it's the same journey in a way that it's always, I'm always, you know, whenever I send a news, every week I send a newsletter from mm-hmm. rentals about market trends or what Airbnb up to or, you know, good things to do for direct bookings. And I'm like, I'm writing from a farm in the Netherlands, right? And I'm like, who am I? Who mm-hmm. am I? Writing about these things. It's very like, who am I, right? Sometimes. But having access to data or having, you know, 
maybe work for a big company, having my own properties, having, working for a tech company, I think kind of gives me some kind of different perspectives that helps me, help me maybe understand the market better or, or, yeah. or give well, new lights. Using your word of insider again. Okay, so you're an insider in the head of an owner. You're an insider in the head of a manager, property, a vacation rental property manager. You're insider in with the OTAs. And you're an insider in the tech side and the data side. So, you know, that's quite, maybe rental scale-up should be the insider. You know, <laughs> you could rebrand it because that's what you're showing. And, and, and to your point about data, is I don't think a lot of people understand how important it is. You know, they're like, oh, my bookings are down. I wonder why, you know, and not looking outside of their bubble into what is going on. Yeah. And what is fair, then they would go to, you know, a web news website, an article, and there's a whole article about trends in the US. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's great, but I don't live in the US. Your own market. Yeah. Right. Or about the performance of your property within the market. For example, Mm -hmm. market is going down. But you know what? Your property is, go- is actually not doing so bad, actually pretty well, you know, compared with the rest of the market. So maybe that, that means you should not slash your prices because you, you're doing pretty well. But you need to know what's happening in your own market. That's, 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 that's what, to me, what these kind of tools like you know, Price Labs, with all the tools, right? The AirDNA or all these tools. I'm mm-hmm. with everyone, so I'm fine. But, but that's, to me, that's more important that you, you start using one of those because, again, you, you are the one, you if you go back to St. Barton Valley, in the end, you're the experts about your destination, right? So you'll be the one, if you look at the graphs about, you know, occupancy during months, you can really see like, you know, oh, of course, that's my that's high season on the island. Or, or that's, oh, there's a very famous selling regatta that month. That's why mm-hmm. occupancy prices go up. You can read graphs so much better than anybody else because you live this island. And then if you look at the upcoming data, the pacing data, where what's, you know, occupancy in the upcoming months or date bookings in the upcoming months. Again, that gives you signals because you're like, hmm, that's, you can see with your own performance whether you are performing better or not than the rest of the market. And that's, that's the information you need to adapt. Even for direct bookings, right? For direct bookings, you need to know that because you can't just, you know, in, in, on big platforms, you can com- sort of compare your prices with others or even sometimes big platforms give you hints. They say, oh, you're, 50% more expensive than the rest of the market. They give you hints because they have that data. Uh-huh. When you're on your own, you need tools like this to have a feeling of the rest of the market because you can't just, you can't just put your prices blindly and, and hope for the best, right? You have to know when to adapt. And, and there's so much supply nowadays, right? So much new properties going on the market. And I, I think in the US, um, com- June 22 compared to June 23, there's 25% more listings. Wow. Five percent more listings, and a moment where the economy is going to be like this, yeah, supply like that. You could, you can, that's why we're hearing a lot of people say, you know what, I, occupancy just low this year. Mm-hmm. Overall, things are going well. Airbnb say, yeah, you know what, revenues are up, occupancy is up for us. Yeah, for them overall. But if you divide this by the number of listings, which has increased, it means each person is getting fewer bookings. Yeah, again, yeah. overall, again. It may not be true for you, for you, may not be true for your own market, but that's overall. That's but what... I am, I'm hearing that from people, you know, that are looking at the big platforms and saying, why is it down? You know, but I'm hoping that, you know, you're saying it's that those, the supply is up. I am hoping that there'll be some kind of correction 
in that, that the people that aren't in it for maybe they're more in it for a quick bug than in it for providing hospitality will be sort of edged out. But I'm pretty sure people listening to, to this podcast are people who have already secured, you know, past bookings, right? And, and, and make sure to have the data, the, the personal details of their past guests. And are able to write back to them and say, hey, why don't you come this year? Here's an offer and the rest. Because that's something that you have that people who are on your platforms do not have, right? Mm-hmm. You have, even if you have times, you have more cards to play, right? If you have your own list of customers or your own newsletter with people who may stay with you or anything, right? That's, you really have to try to reuse that because it gives you more, it gives you more chance to get a booking, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I have to say that your your weekly newsletter, I'm a subscriber. I get it every week and it's one that I look forward to and one that I read every word, you know, because yeah. I get a lot of newsletters and some I don't even read. They just go right into the bin, you know, but yours I read. So I'm going to put the, the link to sign up in the show notes and it's your, tell us about the newsletter and what you include in it. Sure. So it's a free newsletter weekly. And basically, usually it starts with some kind of editorial where I share not just my mood, but stuff I see in the industry. And I'm, I ask people to react and say, this is something you also see right now. And people reply to me. Also, keeps me real, right? Keeps me mm-hmm. in touch with the markets and what's happening. And then usually, again, I, wish, I try to share about three articles. Could be, again, what, you know, what Airbnb or the big platforms are up to and why. And what it means for you, right? Even as direct booking person, you may know, oh, that's the trends. That's what they're doing. It's interesting to know. Some things don't have to be on them, but knowing why Airbnb is focusing on, you know, on unique properties, categories, it does mean that people are looking for this, right? When the the big platforms, when big platforms use a feature, for example, Booking.com is pushing a lot its sustainability program. It does mean that if they're pushing this, believe me, I work there, they know they make more bookings and more money. Mm-hmm. When these people do something, they're just like thinking, hmm, maybe how can I tap that to my own source and maybe try to surf on this wave as well? So the second thing we do, as I said, is market data. So usually I try also to talk about a market or things I've seen or trends on how to get your own data, how to read this. Also, we try to cover new tech what's new, what's happening in the market. And I'm very lucky that I've, I've got somebody working with me whose, whose name is Yuvika, and she's really amazing. She's writing content nowadays for with me, so I'm not alone doing this. She puts together as well, we have almost every month, we do an online event. Basically, I try to get two other people from the industry and we talk about one topic. It can be, you know, it can be something about marketing, could be how to price your properties, could be how to acquire supply, more properties if you're a property manager, for example. And I try to get experts because again, I'm not pretending I know everything. I just, I'm just yeah. hopefully have to say this, I don't know. Let me pull in people who actually yeah. happen to yeah. it. And that's what I try to do. So a newsletter would basically give you takeaways from these kind of events, summary. So if you have time to attend, I would insert a video and you can watch it on your own time. That's really what the, the newsletter about is about. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do recommend that you sign up for it. So I'll put the link in the show notes. Now, I can't let you go without asking you, what does direct booking success mean to you? So for us, direct booking, for me, I just took first because <laughs> even with my ex, we still, we still have the, the, the houses, right? So the, this direct booking success has enabled us, well, current partner and ex, mm-hmm. to keep taxes and 
we, these are just not investment to us, right? This, we pick, we build some of these houses and we pick these destinations because we love them. So, but we will not be able to, to be able to afford them, to have build them or keep them without direct bookings because it just leave us more margin to, to pay for what we need to pay. And as well, you know, kind of direct booking success or so is, is some kind of validation. I don't should say that, mm-hmm. but if you feel you are some kind of entrepreneur. That's also a way to feel like, yeah, I am an entrepreneur. It's working for me. So that kind of success, like, you know what? Okay. Even if I have a day job or something on my short-term rentals, if I'm uh, successful with like bookings, you know what? I have a real, I have, I have a real business here. I'm an entrepreneur. So that's kind of sweet to hear. It is nice, isn't it? It's a good pat on the back when you see it all working. Well, thank you, Table. This has been amazing. I knew a bit about your journey, and I know that this isn't the end of your journey by any means. And I'm really interested to see what happens, what comes up next. But I didn't know everything in there. It's been really great. So I will put those links in the show notes. But I thank you so much for coming on today. Jen, thank you so much for the invitation. I really look forward to speaking with you all during the summit. Yeah, that's great. So if anybody wants to join up and and, uh, get on the wait list, for the Direct Booking Success Summit. It's happening the 3rd to the 5th of October. I'll put the link there too, directbookingsuccesssummit.com. Went for the longest name possible. But do, do come and sign up and you'll be the first people to know about getting your free ticket. Thanks again. Hey, thanks for listening to the Direct Booking Success Podcast. For more information about this episode and others, head to the website, directbookingsuccess.com slash podcast. See you next time.